0: I got to tell you, we have crossed episode number 440. We are well on our way to 450, 500, and 600. Heck, we're not stopping anytime soon. I really, really appreciate those of you who listen, whether this is the first time you've ever stumbled upon my little podcast, or whether you're a regular listener. But I'll tell you what, if you like the show, please, please, please tell a friend, because I'll tell you what, I run into people all the time who tell me they like the show, and the first question I ask is, how did you find it? Just a couple of days, somebody told me the way they found their show. She said, my boss is a really avid listener, and he's gotten everybody in the company hooked on listening, and now we talk about it in our weekly meetings. That made me really, really exciting. So, hello, you know who you are. Thank you. Uh, But I'll tell you what else. Here's the thing. If you like the show, be that person who gets other people hooked. Tell your friends about it. It makes my day so much brighter when I know people are talking about cool things entrepreneurs do, and they're finding value in the show. So before I get started with today's episode, let me thank one of the sponsors because couldn't do this show if it wasn't for the support from the people at Amplifier. Now I know that, I know that some of you, you offer physical products to your fans and your customers, but let's face it, the physical stuff, giant time suck because you got to package it all up in envelopes or boxes, you got to go to the post office and mail it. Well, guess what? My friends at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. And I know all about it because that's who I work with for the Try New Things t-shirts. And I know some of you uh, are getting those shirts. If you're listening, you can go over to trynewthings.shop and you can buy one uh, and it will be shipped to you by the people at Amplifier because they integrate with your e-commerce shop and they help you drive any giveaway campaigns that you do. And they are awesome for a small independent little company like me or a giant Uh, internet powerhouse company now on demand means you don't have any inventory risk when you order a try new things t-shirt they print it and ship it but as you get bigger you could stock up on inventory save a little bit of money and amplifier will handle it all for you because they have an amazing warehouse and they do all the fulfillment so go over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today So speaking of today, we are well into the spring now. First day of spring is just a couple of days away, and bam, here we go. It's conference season. Now you might be saying, Tom, what is conference season? Well, we don't have a lot of business conferences in like January and February, and one of the reasons is uh, lots of snow and lots of airports shut down. So nobody wants to have a conference where their people can't get there, and in the summertime, It's really hot in some places, and on top of that, people have all their vacations, their kids are out of school, it's hard to get away, but in the spring and in the fall, that's where so many of these business conferences get chunked together, and as a professional speaker, poof, I am so busy in March, April, and May, every single year, it's crazy. I've got some really cool trips coming up. I'm going to facilitate an all-day meeting in the construction industry uh, in Dallas. I am going to speak in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and then I am going to be in Tucson, and all of that is just within like the next you know couple of weeks, and then I go on to a bunch of other cities. I forget where else I'm going, but between now and May, I'm going to be all over the place. In June, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, which is awesome because my daughter and her fiance live in Pittsburgh, so I'm going to get to have dinner with them a couple of times. So this time of year is travel, travel, travel. So I'll tell you what though, the meetings business is awesome and you should be, if you're an entrepreneur or even if you're working for a company, you should be attending live events in your industry. There's a lot of moving parts that make up the meetings industry. In fact, uh, in April, I get to be the master of ceremonies in Austin for the Global Meetings Industry Day. Now this is an international celebration between all the different groups that are part of the meetings industry. Because meetings mean business. Now, that's sort of a tagline the meetings industry uses, but it's really true. When you go to a live event, when you go to meetings, that's where things happen. There is so much education. There is so much networking. There's all the the suppliers who have new products that are going to revolutionize your world. and They all come together in these associations and company events that happen all over the country, all over the world. So, Meetings mean business, and I am such a believer in that. I am so proud that I get to be part of the meetings industry. So for those of you who might be in the meetings industry, April 4th is Global Meetings Industry Day. Check in with your local chapter of uh, Meeting Professionals International or PCMA or AIEE or uh, uh, ASAE and find out what's happening in your area because there's going to be education and networking happening simultaneously in cities all over the world and I'm really proud that I get to be part of the one in Austin. Now, the meetings business has changed a lot over the years so if you have sort of a preconceived notion about I don't like going to meetings, you just sit in uncomfortable chairs and there's sort of the routine of keynote, breakout, breakout, lunch, breakout, breakout, happy hour. Next day, rinse and repeat. You know, uh, keynote, breakout, breakout, lunch, breakout, breakout, happy hour. Those days are over. Meetings are changing. They're becoming so much uh, more of an experience. And here's the thing. People don't want the same old meeting, even from the same association. They don't want the same lineup of speakers. They don't want the same thing year after year. People are hungry to go to events that are interactive. They want to participate in things that are engaging. They want a lot of peer-to-peer networking. Breaks, sometimes it used to be like they would have like 15 minute breaks between breakout sessions and an hour and a half long uh, breakouts. Now people are moving down to like maybe hour breakouts and 30 or 45 minute breaks in between because people need time to like soak in what they learned and they want to share with other people. So networking is becoming more important than ever. But people want those takeaways. They want that learning. They want action items that they can put into effect People are getting bored if it's too much of the same and if it's too much uh, just information overload. And I think that's exciting because I have always believed that the way meetings mean business is it's because of the human things that happen when a group of people come together and they can share. People want to be inspired. I find that people want motivation. Now, sometimes when I talk to people who are on committees, who are planning, especially in more technical industries, they're like, oh, no. Not our industry, we only have speakers who have like three PhDs and will talk about the smartest things out there. I had one person say recently, we don't care if the speaker is good or entertaining or motivational. Hell, they can be boring as long as they're brilliant. Now my question is, would you put that in the brochure that advertises the event? Our speakers are smart. They're going to bore the crap out of you. And you would rather stick a needle in your ear than listen anymore. But if that's what you love, come to the most boring event ever in the history of our industry. I don't care if it's a scientific conference, if it's a medical conference. Nobody would advertise their conference as boring as hell. And yet, sometimes people forget because they try so hard to stay away from anything that's going to inspire and motivate because they think it's fluffy. But this has gone on forever. Some 20 plus years ago, somebody asked Zig Ziglar about motivation. The person was like, well, we don't like motivational speakers because people get fired up. But then, you know, two days later, they're not fired up anymore. Motivation doesn't stick. And Ziglar's response was, well, you need to have constant motivation. You need to be getting it from all different sources. And yeah, motivation doesn't stick and neither does showering. But I recommend you do it every day. So make sure that when you're at an event, that you are seeking out the inspiration, that you're looking for the motivation. Now, we all get inspired and motivated by different things. There are some people who have probably listened to this podcast who do not like me. They probably think I have too much energy and that I'm too high-paced and I'm pushing people to get out of their comfort zone way too much. I actually got an email from somebody once who said, you're always encouraging people to try new things. I don't want to try new things. Well, I'll tell you what. You don't have to try new things. If you don't like the idea of someone encouraging you to get out of your bubble, then this probably isn't the podcast for you. But most people who write in and talk to me about the show, they like the fact that I'm pushing them just to stretch that envelope a little bit. I believe that many people, most people, they want that inspiration. They want that motivation. And that's one of the reasons that you should go to conferences because most event planners are looking for ways to create an experience that is going to lift you up. Meeting planners, if you're listening, remember every decision you make can't be for yourself. It can't be for the committee. It has to be for the experience of the people in the audience. Now fortunately, almost all the meeting planners that I work with, that is what motivates them. They want to create an experience where you go home having learned, having connected, being challenged, having actionable items that you can put into practice where you're going to say, poof, that was awesome. So that's what you got to do. But in order to do that, meeting planners have to take risks. It's hard to be a meeting planner. Now, as a speaker, I get to stand up on stage. And if I do a good job, people applaud. Sometimes they even applaud while standing on their feet. However, the meeting planner is behind the scenes, rarely Does anyone at the conference ever know the thankless, tireless hours that the people who organize events put in behind the scenes? They often don't even know their names. So the next time that you go to an association event or a company like users conference or customer event, seek out who is the person who's the main planner or planners of this event. You can often find that out by going to the registration table and asking. Oftentimes, they are there, they're chained to that registration table because they're they're trying to make sure that everything around the whole conference is running so smooth. And when you find the person who organizes it, tell them what you specifically liked about their event and thank them for all the hard work that they put in. Now, after they pick themselves off the ground from the shock of being thanked publicly, they're really, really going to appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't happen very often. And so I always tell people that's one of the best pieces of advice if you're going to an event. Seek out the -the behind-the-scenes planner and let them know that you see them, that you see everything that they did. Because the difference between a great event and a good event is massive. And you know the difference. You know when you're at an event that was great, that inspired you, that provided the information that you needed, that connected you with amazing people. You know when you leave That was special. Now, a lot of time we go to events and they're just good and and that's okay. I think it's rare that you go to an event that totally sucks. and, And if it does, there were things you could do to change that. You can always make an experience. You can always take ownership of connecting with people. But most events are good. But when an event is great, you just say, wow. Now, I just had that experience last week. I was involved for I think it's like the 12th year I've attended, and I've had the honor to speak seven or eight times, the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. Now, I've lived in Austin, Texas for 27 years, and when I moved here, South by Southwest, it had been going for several years, but it was mostly a music conference, a music festival, that had a little film festival and a little tech conference going on kind of on the side. Fast forward to today... And it's 70,000 people coming through Austin over like a 12-day period. They're coming in for stuff on education, for government. They're coming in for music and film and comedy and tech. There are so many different aspects of what's going on with South by Southwest now that it's, it's an incredible time. But you'd think having been 12 times, it would be the same old, same old. But the people who run South by Southwest, they go out of their way to constantly change it up. They change up the topics that they're covering. They're always dealing with cutting-edge stuff. They're bringing in politicians. They're bringing in people from Silicon Valley. They're bringing in people from the cannabis industry. They are talking about things that matter for the future. And this year, while I've been many times, this year I had one of those experiences where I was like, whoa, my my actual panel that I was on, my, my discussion panel that I was on, was on the Thursday, like eight days after the conference had started. So for me... I was involved a lot more because usually if you speak on the first or second day, you can burn out and you don't go to as many things. But because I was speaking so late, I was attending all week long and I was meeting people. But here's what I did this year. I decided I wasn't just going to go to like marketing breakout sessions and keynotes from sort of famous people in tech and and the world that I run around in. I decided I was going to go see things that I wouldn't see otherwise. So I was going to breakouts that were on uh, the food industry. I was going to breakouts that were about comedy. I was going to breakout sessions that were about cannabis or artificial intelligence or blockchain, things that I know nothing about and probably don't need to know that much about. But it was so interesting because it is such an eclectic group of people who come to this conference and the social events of this conference from breakfast through 2am are always so interesting. Now, I'll be honest, I don't go out till 2am anymore because I'm old but one of the people on my panel was 29 and he went to education all day and he partied all night and he thinks it was the single most interesting conference he's ever been to. That's because he put himself into it and he led to have that experience. So I think that's what you have to do. I think people are really looking for unique experiences when they go to conferences. And either the planners have to provide it, or they have to take ownership themselves to make sure that they're experiencing it in a different way, like I did this year at South by Southwest by going to breakout sessions that were totally out of my area of expertise. So I recently wrote an article for Meeting Professional Magazine, that is the MPI organization's uh, monthly magazine, and it was all about how one of my clients totally shook up their opening general session. They decided to do away with the famous expensive keynote speaker model, which uh, they, they had done for years, and instead they decided to make the whole opening general session about their peers. It was about the knowledge in the room. Now they hired me to facilitate this conversation, and for two hours, uh, from the stage, walking around the audience, with people at individual tables, and then sharing out to the entire room, we answered the toughest questions facing their industry. Now, those questions weren't things I made up. That was things their committee came up with. But we led them through a two-hour discussion. And people realized that this wasn't about a sage from a stage. This wasn't about some best-selling author coming out and talking to them. This was about peer-to-peer experience. And it was awesome. I'll actually put a link in my show notes page on this episode on TomSinger.com that you can get to this article. Or you could just look it up on uh, MPI's uh, blog, and that's at mpiweb.org, and then find their blog, and then you can find an art, look for the articles that I've written, and you'll be able to find that. Because I think we gotta shake these things up. And yes, it's risky, it's hard, it's scary to shake up a conference, but that's what people are hungry for. They're hungry for things that are gonna be different. They're hungry for that thing where they feel they're a part of it. They wanna go home and be able to tell their friends. They don't wanna go home and say, well, we listened to a famous keynote, uh, then we had coffee, then breakout, breakout lunch, breakout, breakout happy hour. People are looking for something that's just a little bit different. And so I am gonna go through and give you five reasons that you should be attending live events, whether it's this spring during conference season, during the fall conference season, maybe the industry you're in does winter or summer conferences. There's certainly a lot of them. There's just less than go on in March, April, and May, and, and September, October, November. Uh, so we're going to talk about things that you should do, reasons that you should be going to an event, and then I'm going to give you five quick tips for sort of, once you're there, how you can sort of maximize that, that whole experience. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like so many of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. Hey, for an exclusive offer for the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, go over to podfly.net slash cool things. And if you're going to start a podcast, and I know some of you want to, I promise you, you will be so happy if you work with Podfly Productions. They're behind this show. I am going to be hosting another show for an association, and I think they might be working with Podfly as well, because Podfly is awesome. So here's the thing. If you're going to attend a live event, I believe that event can have a huge impact on you. I think that live events change people, because we get exposed to so many things. So when you go, I think there's five things that you need to focus on. Number one is the educational opportunities. Yeah, I'm a big fan in that peer-to-peer networking, but I got to tell you, you go to a conference, you justify it to your boss based on what you're going to learn. So go in figuring out what you're looking for. Know what educational opportunities you want. Pre-select which breakout sessions you're going to go to and focus very heavily on learning. Don't go in. So many few people these days take notes. They say, oh, I'll take notes on my phone, and then they never do. Or if they do, they never go back and look at them. If you're going to a conference, especially a multi-day conference, buy a brand-new composition book or moleskin. When I was at South by Southwest, I filled an entire composition book with notes that I took in five days of attending breakouts. And I put stars by the things that I need to go back to and implement into my own business. And there were things I learned. There were things I learned in blockchain and and in cannabis talks that have nothing to do with blockchain or cannabis. They were just ways to market. They were ways to make myself better. So if you get inspiration, write it down. Studies have shown that if you actually use a pen and paper and write with your hand, your brain might retain it a little better than if you're typing it in with your thumbs onto your phone. I'm a little bit old school. I love to write down my notes. Then I go back and transcribe them. And so that's what I'm suggesting is be really, really focused. One of the reasons that you need to go to these events is to learn. The number two reason that you should be attending live events is the networking with your peers. Here's the thing. All opportunities in life come from people. You've got to get out where the people are. And sometimes people go, oh, I don't go to industry events because my competitors are there. Well, your competitors are just people. Some of them are going to become your friends if you give them a chance. And guess what friends do? Friends help each other. So show up. Be willing to be a peer with these people. And I say it all the time on this show. Success leaves clues. The most successful people in your industry, if you hang out with them and have a drink or go to dinner or sit next to them, ask them what they thought about a specific speaker, they're going to share with you their point of view. And if they've been successful, they can't help it. They're going to show you a pathway to how they got to their success. So go for the fact that you're going to connect with people. Number three, encounter the vendors and suppliers in your industry. I'm always amazed when I speak at an industry event for an association, how many people tell me, oh, I don't like to go to the trade show because there's suppliers there and they want to sell to me and I don't want that. Well, first of all, you can always say no. People can't sell to you unless you're willing to buy. But here's the secret. The smartest people in your industry are networking with the vendors and suppliers because the vendors and suppliers, they know what's happening. They're not just selling to you, they're selling to dozens, maybe hundreds of your competitors and they see the trends, they see how the economy is affecting these other businesses, they see best practices that people are doing that are drawing new customers into them and they'll tell you. And it's not that they're telling tales out of school. People, human beings, are wired to tell stories and when they know, like and trust you, They're going to tell you what they're seeing in their travels and their encounters with other people. If you network heavily with your vendors and suppliers, if you treat them like peers, you're going to know more about your industry than your competitors who ignore them. So here's the question. Why would you let all of your competitors have the access to this knowledge? Why would you let the friendly competitor who wants to be nice to a vendor know more about your industry than you will? Be nice to everybody. Be nice to your peers and your competitors, but be nice to the vendors and ask them what trends they're seeing. And some of them are going to tell you. A fourth reason you need to be going to live events is it helps position you as an expert. Now, obviously, if you're writing for the association magazine or you're a speaker at the event, that fast forwards that positioning of you as an expert. However, just being present Being known as someone who participates, as someone who shows up, who pulls their chair up to the cool kids table. All of a sudden, over time, you're going to develop a reputation of being someone who's in the know, of being connected, of being an expert in your industry. And I've never seen anybody who loses business because they're known as an expert in their industry. There are so many people who are leaving money on the table because they're the best kept secret. Their peers don't know who they are but if your peers and the vendors don't know who they are, but if your peers and vendors don't know you, they're not talking you up within the industry either. So show up at things, participate, pull your chair up to the table and have some fun along the way because that's the fifth reason to go to a live event. It's to have the experience. It's to have fun. As people, we build relationships through shared experiences and we learn better when we share experiences and we talk to others about what we've learned. So go have fun and talk about the sessions that you've been to with other people who were in the room. Ask them what the number one takeaway they got from a certain speaker was. Get those conversations going. You'll learn more, you'll have fun, you'll make more friends, you'll grow your reputation. So those are reasons to go to a conference. Now I'm gonna give you five tips that if you're attending the conference how you can maximize that entire event. Now, this is really important because if you're going to be attending live events, whether it's a local breakfast at your chamber of commerce or whether it's a five-day conference at some resort far from your home, if you just go in and sit there and let it happen to you, it'll be okay. But if you go in with a plan, if you go in with a dedication, all of a sudden, you're going to make it much more valuable. You're going to have a much bigger ROI for the time and money that you've invested. So the number one tip Go in with a sense of adventure. If the event itself hasn't scheduled in experiences, create your own. One of the things I do when I go to an event that has a night that's, in quotes, dinner on your own, meaning there's not a function, I try to organize a dinner of strangers. I usually, in advance, try to get a reservation for 10 or 12 people at a nearby restaurant. And then, through social media or through the app or in person when I first arrive, I look for other people who don't have plans that night who want to go to dinner with a group of strangers and just look for the serendipity. And that's the way I bill it. I'm looking for people I don't know who don't know each other, and we're looking for the serendipity. Usually, those are the best events of the whole conference because we create our own adventure. We don't wait for someone to create it for us. So we go, and we go to a restaurant, and everybody pays their own way. I don't pick up the meal for everybody. But we go around, everybody introduces themselves, and then you just let it happen. Same thing is true if you're in a city... (coughs) you're in a city where there's some sort of an attraction you want to go to, let it be known. Hey, I'm going to go. We're in Vegas. I'm going to go do the sky jump off the stratosphere. Does anyone else want to go? Well, most people will say, hell no, I'm not jumping 108 stories on the outside of a building. Somebody might say yes. And those shared experiences, that sense of adventure, that's where you actually build relationships with people. It's how you get noticed and it's how you learn and it's how you do that. So go in with a sense of adventure. Number two, When you go to one of these events, don't spend the whole time with the same people. If you're traveling with coworkers or there's people from your hometown who are all going to a national conference, don't spend every waking hour together. Now, it doesn't mean you avoid your friends, but try to get away from them. If you're there with a coworker, make a plan that we're gonna go to different breakout sessions and then get together later and go over what the best learning points are. That's gonna double the amount of information that you're gonna bring back to the company. If you're traveling to a national association and a bunch of people from your local chapter are going and there's a dinner on your own night, don't do dinner with your local chapter. I I find this ridiculous. It happens sometimes even in the National Speakers Association. There's a dinner on your own night and the Austin chapter all says, let's go to dinner together. Well, if we were so important to go to dinner together, we should be doing that in Austin. We should be meeting other people and going out with other ones while we're on site in Denver or wherever we are. So my thought is... Turn to your friends or co-workers and say, I love you, man, and then go do your own thing for much of the conference. You're there for the serendipity that can happen from the other people that you can encounter. Don't put walls around yourself. Now, the third tip, be the person who starts conversations. Say hello to other people. It used to be when you'd go into a breakout session and maybe there was a 20-minute pass from section to session, the first people who would get in the room would sit there, somebody would sit a few chairs away, and eventually somebody would say, hey, where are you from? How's the conference going for you? Well, now you get into that room and everybody's staring at their phones. It's so interesting. You can have hundreds of people and nobody's talking to each other. Or when you're in line to get coffee at a break, there'll be 50 people in line at the coffee cart and nobody's talking to each other because everybody is heads down on their phone. Well, I'll tell you what, I go out of my way during those situations to put my phone in my pocket, turn to the person near me, and when they take a breath from staring at their screen, I'll ask them a question. I'll say hello. I'll find out where they're from or what the best breakout they went to. And usually, that ensues a wonderful conversation. And oftentimes, they're like, oh, thank you so much for talking to me. So this happened at South by Southwest. I had this great conversation. And with the two young ladies I talked to, they're like, thank you so much for starting the conversation. We never would have done that. Think about that. They liked having a conversation with a stranger. They were from Australia. I was from Austin. We uh, just talked about a lot of really cool stuff about South by Southwest, about technology, about careers, about the world, about the changing face of politics around the world. It was a fun conversation. And they said, oh, we never would've instigated a conversation. So my tip is say hello to people. If you say hello, they will usually say hello back. Now that doesn't always mean you're gonna have a delightful conversation. But if you say nothing, there's a 100% chance nothing will come of it. My fourth tip, make sure that you talk to the speakers who either do the keynotes or whose breakouts you go to. I'm always amazed that people like stand up and run out of the room, even when the speaker is so engaging that they loved it and they were challenged by him and they took five pages of notes. Go up and talk to the speaker. Ask them some questions. Ask them how they got to be an expert in their field. Oftentimes when you go and talk to the speaker, you can find out more information because as a speaker, I can't put everything I know into a 45-minute breakout or a keynote. I can only put in certain information. So if they touch on something that you find interesting, go and ask them more in detail and usually they'll share it with you and people will stand around taking notes because the questions you have, other people have. So make sure you're going up and talking to the people who are presenting because it's just going to make your whole experience better. And then the last tip, if you really want to maximize a conference, you have to plan for how you're going to follow up with people. Because here's the thing, meeting someone once does not make them part of your network. Meeting someone once makes them someone you have met once. And here's the thing, so often people send a LinkedIn request to somebody they sat next to and talked to for 20 seconds at a conference, and then three years later, they have no idea who that person is. So if you met someone who's interesting, don't just make them another like, link, share, or follow. Find a way to follow up with them. Call them. Maybe set up a time to talk. Send them, uh, transcribe your notes and send it to them saying, hey, I thought maybe you'd find my notes interesting. Maybe there's something uh, that you learned that you could share back with me. Or what I think is the best thing to do for at least the first step is send them a handwritten note. Now I know because I've talked about this for over a decade, most of you will never send a handwritten note. But most of you will never send a text or an email or a phone call either. If you don't do something to follow up, then they're just ships that passed in the night. Plan on ways to follow up with the people you find the most interesting. Now, this doesn't mean you have to follow up with everybody you meet. What I do is, after an event, I take the cards and I put them into two piles. I put them into the yes, I want to follow up with them pile, and the no, I don't see a reason to follow up with them pile. Most people end up in that second pile. But then the people who were in the first one, I try very hard to instigate conversations. Most of the time, it doesn't go anywhere. But when it does, it's life-changing. But somebody has to take that action. So that's what I challenge you to do. So those are my tips. Five tips for why to attend. and Five tips for how to get the most out of that conference. So I'll tell you what. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend. If you're attending an event, be that person who adds that spark of life to the event. And if you're a meeting planner... Make sure that you're taking some risks. You don't have to shake up every aspect of your conference, but try to make the experience something that people are gonna say, wow. If at any time you wanna bounce an idea off me, just call me. I have a lot of planners who call me who they don't wanna hire me. I'm not the right fit for their organization. That's awesome, but I love to brainstorm about this stuff. And it's funny, because when I tell people that, very few people call, but the ones who call, we have an awesome conversation. So if you're a planner, you're working on an event, you wanna kind of bounce off what I've seen, Being at over 50 events a year, let's chat. You can always reach out to me. That is awesome. All right, we're going to be back in a couple of days, and we have a great interview coming up. You want to check out the interview that's coming out this Thursday. It's the episode that directly follows this one. Uh, It's with two young entrepreneurs in the transportation industry, and I just wish I could go back and be 28 years old and be as into growing a business as they are because it was really inspiring to interview them. But if you like the show, go tell your friends. Uh, As I said at the beginning, it's the way people find the show. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes. Send me a note. Let me know that you listen. And I'll tell you what. Go out and try some new things. I really believe that trying new things leads to new experiences. And new experiences are where your aha ideas are going to come from. And while you're out there trying new things, have fun doing it. Have a great day.